You are listening to episode 69 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about how to stop after just one drink. I'm master life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. All right, so with the holidays and more holiday food, often comes more holiday drinks and more activities where drinking is involved. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with planning your drinks. In fact, I encourage you to decide how many drinks do you want to have and plan it ahead of time. But what I've noticed and what we can have a hard time with is how do I stop at just one drink or how do I stop at just two drinks? Especially if you are trying to cut back or drink a little bit less or learning how to create a healthier relationship with alcohol. And so this is all part of the savor the holidays content. When I talk about food, you can also interchange alcohol with it. The way that we are going to address and look at changing our relationship to alcohol, changing our habits around alcohol, is going to be the same way we change our habits around food. So I'm going to walk you through what that looks like. But don't forget, this week is the live Savor the Holidays event. It's happening this Thursday, November 3rd at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. This workshop is really designed to help you not just avoid the holiday 15, but to feel at peace and ease around food and alcohol so that you're not missing out on your favorite foods, your favorite drinks, or your favorite events. Because so often we think that in order to avoid the food or to not feel tempted to not need willpower, I just have to avoid the events, avoid the places, avoid the people who are eating and drinking the things that are off limits. I'm going to teach you how to lose weight without obsessively worrying about food, calories, points, or exercise. I'm going to show you how to make it easy to be consistent with the habits that matter most without feeling burnt out and how to stop emotionally eating or emotionally drinking because you're tired, stressed, anxious, or wanting to feel more connected. To register and get all the details, sign up at www.bodyyoucrave.com forward slash holidays. Whether you want to make it easy to stop at just one drink, or whether you want to figure out how to unwind and relax at the end of the night, or at an event or a gathering without needing a drink, this episode is for you. What I've noticed is that we run into some similar problems with alcohol that we do with food. And the primary thing that comes up that I see most often is that we use it as a coping mechanism, just like we would use food. We use it to escape. We're escaping our negative thoughts, our negative emotions, our boredom. We're escaping a lot. We're we're just trying to create a sense of peace and relief. And typically this comes out when our problems, stressors, or just life in general feels too overwhelming. It feels never-ending or insurmountable. It's just too much. It's too big. It's too much of an obstacle. It doesn't feel doable. It doesn't feel temporary. It's not a learning experience. This can come up any time of year, but we see it over the holidays too when there's work deadlines, holiday or travel obligations, when we're worried about other people and what they think about us or what our mom's going to say about our weight or if our dad is going to be exploding in anger. And so we can use alcohol as a way to numb out, as a way to escape what's going on in our current life that we don't want to look at, that we don't want to address. The other piece here is that we can use it to celebrate, unwind, or relax. 
So when it comes to unwinding, there's a heavy emphasis on finding new ways to relax or new ways to decompress. Just do something different. And while, yes, we want to look at what are other things that we can do, it has to be just as easy as pouring a drink. And that's where we often get hung up is because the new way often doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel exciting in the moment, and it doesn't feel as easy in the moment. You might have the best of intentions to meditate or go for a walk or go for a run, but is it just as easy? And so instead of just focusing on the do something different and have that be your only option, we want to shift our perception about the challenges that we're facing. So we want to really change the way that we're thinking about life, about our career, about our marriage, about our kids, about travel, about holidays, about food. It's a difference between finding ways to cope versus reducing or eliminating the stress altogether. So we can do both. We can look at, all right, how do I reduce and eliminate some of the stress by how I'm thinking about it? And then how do I also find different, better ways of coping and still making it easy? still making it fun, still making it desirable. And that's one of the challenges. And that's why we have to change how we're thinking about alcohol. <laughs> that's why we have to change how we're thinking about wine and what we're telling ourselves that it's doing for us. The third reason why it feels hard to say no is that not drinking feels like punishment. We take it away just like we would take away food. And it's punishment because of how we're thinking about it. I've got a lot of friends who don't drink and it's not punishment for them. They love it. It's not the action that makes it feel like punishment. It's how you're thinking about it. It's how you're talking to yourself about it. It's things like, I'm not allowed. I can't. I shouldn't. I've been bad. I've been drinking too much. Therefore, I have to take it all away. It's the same restrict, binge, regret cycle, now just with alcohol. There's a lot of blame, shame, judgment, and guilt. That's what we really want to be aware of is when we're taking it away, and it feels like I have to, I should, I can't control myself. And sometimes we say this and we won't even let ourselves have one drink. It's like, no, 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 I just, I can't control myself. So I have to have zero. I can't even have one. It's too hard to stop at just one. I can't do that. So I'm just going to have nothing at all. And that might work for a short amount of time, but eventually you give in and you don't know how to control yourself. You don't know how to handle being around people drinking or yourself drinking. It can be punishment because you might be thinking this task isn't going to be as much fun. This party, event, dinner, it's not going to be as much fun if I'm not drinking. Or it'll be hard to say no. My family drinks. They're going to want me to drink too. Going for a walk, meditating, taking a bath, reading, or simply cooking dinner without a glass of wine sounds great in theory, but in the moment, it might sound like work. It's got to be easy as opening a bottle of wine or opening a beer or mixing a cocktail. That's what we really want to be aware of is what are the alternatives that we're giving ourselves? And now how am I talking about that alternative? I have to be thinking about what it is that I truly want and why this other thing is going to be so amazing. It's how we're thinking about it. That's what really drives the action home. We can white knuckle and force ourselves to do things, but only for a short period of time. Which lead into the last little bit, which is saying no often means that we're missing out. So if I say no to drinking altogether, if I say no to drink number two or drink number three, it means that I'm not going to have as much fun, which means that it's going to be harder to say no because I'm already thinking this is a bad thing. This isn't going to be as much fun. So it's creating this negative environment. And it's interesting because when we are emotionally drinking and we're drinking to escape and avoid negative thoughts and negative emotions, 
and then we keep telling ourselves, I'm going to be missing out. I'm not going to have as much fun. Then, of course, we're going to be turning to a drink. When we keep beating ourselves up, when we're like, oh, I can't believe you had that second glass of wine. You said you were just going to have one. What's wrong with you? Then, of course, it's more likely that you're going to have more, right? The reverse, it ends up being true. You end up drinking more than you wanted in order to tune out all those shitty thoughts that you have about yourself, about the alcohol, about your lack of control or willpower. That's where we really have to start to recognize and see the cycle for what it is and break it. And we say no more. How do we break this cycle? How do we make it easy to say no to a drink? How do we make it easy to stop at just one? Just like with food, we want to approach this from two different angles. We want to look at how do we make it easy to say no to a drink in the moment? And then how do we reduce the emotional need or the emotional desire for the drink? Because we don't need a drink, but there are going to be a lot of times when we want one, when we really want one. So let's dive into that now. Making it easy to say no to a drink in the moment. We first need to understand and identify why does it feel hard? What are you making it mean that you're saying no? And this is where we really want to dig in and identify the fear. Are you missing out? Are you not going to get to relax? Is it not going to be as much fun? Are you going to feel awkward because everyone else is drinking? Are you going to disappoint other people because you're not drinking or because you're saying no? And that last one's a bit of a trick question because (laughs) the reality is we can't make people feel anything. But for those of us people pleasers, and I put myself in that category too, if I'm very much a recovering people pleaser, It takes very conscious, cognizant effort and work on a regular basis to be mindful of how much this plays into my decision-making in so many different areas. When it comes to food, when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to work, when it comes to setting boundaries, I've really had to work on this and I'm still very actively working on how do I do this in a way that feels good for me. But the reality is me saying no to a drink is only a circumstance in everybody else's life. Some people might think, oh, that's fine. Good for her. Some people might think, oh, that sucks. I I wanted a drinking buddy tonight. Some might think, that's wonderful. More for me. Everybody's going to have a different thought about me saying no. I can't guarantee that they aren't going to be upset if I'm not drinking. But ultimately, that's on them. Their emotions are theirs to own. That is not your responsibility. Don't pick up their emotions and throw them into your emotional backpack. That is not yours to carry. They get to decide how they want to think and feel. And you get to decide what feels in line with you. But if you feel like you're missing out and then somebody else is, oh, come on, please, I don't want to feel alone in my drinking, you might feel even more likely to. Now we've got multiple things poking that desire in the moment. It doesn't matter whether it's drink number one or drink number two, because we could look at the same thing of like, why does it feel hard to say no to drink number two in the moment? What are your thoughts and fears about it? Why does it feel hard to stop after just one drink? And really get honest with yourself. And this is where we want to come up with new thoughts, new things that we want to have in the moment of what am I going to tell myself instead of I'm missing out, I'm going to tell myself I can still have just as much fun even if I'm drinking club soda. I can still have just as much fun even if I switch to cranberry juice after the first cocktail. If you have increased desire for more after that first drink, you have to look at two things. How are you talking to yourself about drink number two? And what is the drink doing for you emotionally? Which leads us into the second part of reducing the emotional desire to drink. So we want to really look at that think-feel-act cycle. This holiday season, we're going to have a variety of different circumstances that might come up over 
the course of the year. They might be specific to this time of year. No matter what, though, we really want to identify what are our thoughts and feelings that are driving this action of pouring a drink. So your circumstance might be that you have this running list of 15 projects and to-dos, and your thought is, I have too much to do and not enough time. You feel stressed and overwhelmed. So what's the action? You pour a drink to distract yourself from the day or from the lack of items that you got checked off of your list. Number two, your boss overcomplicates your project or job. You might be thinking, these people are idiots. You feel annoyed. What do we do? We pour a drink because that makes it better. And the last one, it's 5 p.m., time to make dinner. And your thought is, I don't want to make dinner. A drink might make this more fun, though. You're feeling dread, and in order to avoid and get away, in order to escape the dread, your brain tells you to pour a drink. Instead of focusing on just the action of saying no and just looking at no, I can't, we want to look at how can I think differently about saying no, but I also want to look at how do I change my thoughts altogether? Instead of just focusing on the action of saying no, how do I change how I'm thinking about needing that drink? If it's easier, you can also decide how you want to feel in these moments instead. So if you go back to these examples, how do you want to feel about this running list of 15 projects? Or how do you want to feel about only accomplishing two things on your task list for the day? Do you want to decide that this is good enough? That at least you got some things done? That you prioritize what was most important, even if it wasn't on your list? There are a lot of ways that you can think about it. How do you want to feel when it's 5 p.m. and it's time to make dinner? You don't have to be happy or ecstatic about everything in life. We are going to have negative emotions. We just don't want to be eating and drinking in order to cover them up, in order to distract ourselves from them. Okay, and we can tune into more neutral emotions instead of the doom, gloom, and worst case scenarios. Instead of feeling annoyed, how can I feel more ease? How can I feel more calm? How can I feel more relaxed in my job? Even if I have a boss who I feel like is micromanaging what I do and how I do it in these very minute ways, this is what we want to start to work on. And the more we do this, the easier it is to say no to food and drinks when we don't really want it. A couple of weeks ago, we were out at a restaurant and there was a wine list, but they didn't have any other drinks. And I just was not in the mood for wine. It was really easy to say no because I just didn't want it. And I knew I could always have a drink another night. It wasn't a big deal. But in my mind, I was thinking, I'm here to connect with the people at the table. I'm not trying to escape anything. I don't need this to drown out my day. I don't need this to help me unwind or relax. I'm just thinking, do I want a glass of wine? And the moment it was no. This is what also helps me to say no after one drink. I can have one and enjoy it. And occasionally, if we're going out to a restaurant, I might have a second. But usually, I'm driving us home. So that means I just stop at one. (laughs) And I know, hey, we can always come back and I can try more. I don't need to have all the drinks right now, even though they taste really good. These are the things that I want you to keep in mind. We want to really look at how we're talking to ourselves about alcohol, how we're talking to ourselves about what it's doing for us, how we're talking to ourselves about our day as a whole and why we feel like we need an escape or to zone out or to, to tune out altogether. We want to look at other ways to cope, other ways to de-stress and unwind and relax at the end of the night. And sometimes all we need to do is just look at, if I typically relax, for example, on the couch and watch TV with a glass of wine, I might look at, okay, how can I relax and watch TV 
without the glass of wine? What is it that I'm telling myself about having that wine there as I watch TV? And that's going to help me to really understand and to really dig, is this really true? Because if I tell myself it's not as fun, it's not as enjoyable, is that really true? This is just where we want to start to question and call ourselves out on our own BS. Because we've all got it. (laughs) We just want to be really honest with ourselves about it. Because when we stop hiding from it, that's when we can truly step into the life and the body that we crave. Because we now feel peace and ease and control around food and alcohol. So if you are listening to this before Savor the Holidays on Thursday, make sure you are registered and signed up to join me for this workshop. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to walk you step by step through the biggest pitfalls that we have around the holidays and how to change that this year and every year going forward. I'm going to show you how to make it easy to lose 10 pounds in the next two months. I'm going to show you how to feel more relaxed and at peace when you go to holiday gatherings and when you go to these events. So there's going to be a time for teaching and there's going to be an aspect of workshopping. And we're actually going to be thinking and planning and looking at how do you implement this. This isn't just let me go and listen to a bunch of words and be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And then you walk away and you don't ever change anything or do anything different. No, we want to take what I'm teaching and then implement it. And I'm going to walk you through those first steps on the workshop. If you can't join me live, there will be a replay that goes out over the weekend. So make sure you set aside some time to give it your attention and to watch it, because this is how you can feel calm and peace and ease this holiday season. And I'd love to help you through it. If you would like to chat more about how I can help you specifically with your relationship to food and body and alcohol and exercise, then I would love to chat more. You can schedule a free consultation at www.bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. We'll spend some time really diving into where you are now, where you want to be in six to 12 months, and I'll help you identify the real obstacles and the real challenges that are getting in your way and how to overcome them once and for all. All right, y'all. Have a fabulous week. I can't believe we're into November already. The end of the year is coming so quickly. We are going to be into the new year before we know it. It's just crazy. I think how quickly this year has gone by. It was really funny. The other day I was listening to somebody who was talking about 2023 and I was like, that's like over a year away. And then I was like, wait a second. No, it's not. (laughs) No, we're actually in 2022. And uh, yeah, so it just, it feels like it's going by so fast. Anyways, I hope you'll have a wonderful week. Make sure you join me for Savor the Holidays, and I will see y'all next week. Here's to creating the life and body you crave. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.